The Kamloops Voter Society has put out a letter that's essentially asking our municipal government to be careful with its spending. Now, it says in this letter against the backdrop that we find the city struggling with noticeable revenue shortfalls. According to the city, Kamloops needs to come up with $3.7 million in savings to balance the budget in the event the crisis continues to the end of June. Well, here now to talk a little bit more about this letter, I'm joined on the phone by Randy Sunderman, who is a board member with the Kamloops Voter Society. Randy, thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, so you, you put out this letter here yesterday, and you, you know you kind of go over a number of concerns that you have or that the Voter Society has here um, as the city is sort of going through its budget process and how COVID-19 is going to be impacting the 2020 document. So maybe just to start, if you can kind of uh, give us a little bit of a summary here of what some of the concerns that the Voter Society has right now. Well, I think, uh, you know, the main one is the fact that, uh, you know, the city has to make some decisions on their budgets, and they've been talking about that themselves, and they, they fully acknowledge the, the predicament they are in with uh, the reduced revenues coming into the city. So, um, you know, our, our main points here are that taxpayers are also under a lot of uh, con, um, constraints right now. You know, it doesn't matter if you're in the business side or in the residential side of the tax uh, system in the city, we're facing pretty um, reduced incomes amongst a lot of people. Uh, obviously, our businesses are closed and a lot of people have been laid off. So the ability of the taxpayer to pay um, municipal taxes is uh, constrained this year. So I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is really, um, you know, and for, for the city to move on these as quickly as they can, I know there's a lot of internal planning and stuff they have to do, but certainly they have to make a decision. Uh, I think the longer they put it off, the, the greater the, the um, adverse impact is going to be on the city. So something that uh, can happen more quickly than later is, is uh, something we'd advocate for too. Yeah, so, so what is, I guess, the message that you have for, for council right now? I mean, you kind of talked about, um, you know, what, what the issues are when it comes to budgeting and how it is going to impact taxpayers, whether it be from the business level or the uh, individual household level, that it's going to have uh, some sort of uh, financial cost to it. Um, but what, what, I guess, is your message to council right now? Is it to keep uh, the, the tax increase as, as low as possible? Or, or what, what is the, the message, I well, guess, that you're trying to get across? Uh, anything they can do to help the taxpayers. So I, I, the, the message is that taxpayers are not going to be able to um, pay their taxes at the same level as they have before. You know, we're seeing stories out of Vancouver where, you know, up to 25% of households are saying they're not going to be able to pay their taxes at all. So we're saying, uh, you know, the city needs to go to a 0% zero, 0 tax increase this year um, and, and next year as well. Um, we're looking at probably more than one year of impact here. So, you know, really plan not just year, next year um, as well and, and make that move to... Um, support the taxpayers and you know i've also pointed out that other municipalities like fort st john have actually eliminated um the business licensing fee for this year again just trying to offer whatever support we can to um help the taxpayers weather this storm and i think the other piece of it you know the the federal and the provincial government are coming up with programs to support people through these um hard times and uh, that i think the city needs to be part of that plan yeah, and, and in your in your letter here, I mean, you kind of went over some other examples. Uh, Fort St. John, uh, you know, has ordered a review of its operating budget for the next four years, right, amongst the impacts of COVID-19. So they're taking a very extended look at, at where things could be going here, not just in this year, not just in next year, but really yep. uh, even a couple years beyond that. Um, so I guess is that sort of also what you're hoping to see, too, from the city is not just planning and looking at this year and next year, but really, uh, you know, several years down the road here, because this is clearly going to be something that lingers for quite some time. 
Yeah, you know, and, and we have numbers out today showing our GDP uh, in Canada, uh, showing one of its biggest drops ever, if not the largest drop ever, um, between uh, February and March. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, people need to realize uh, and governments need to realize that, uh, you know, some of these impacts are going to last with us for some time um, afterwards, even if we are able to get back up and going in the next several months. It's, it's still um, an adverse effect that's going to take some time to work through. So I think it's prudent to uh, look ahead as to what happens next after um, the pandemic, but certainly in the middle of here, no one really knows when we're going to emerge and, and how long this is going to last. Now, when when you're sitting around a table with your fellow members here of the Kamloops Voter Society, what, what sorts of stories are you hearing right now from other people in, in the community, just in terms of how difficult things are right now when it comes to worrying about, like, what, what was the, the approved number? I believe it was about 3% tax increase we were looking at here um, in, yeah. uh, in, in 2020. I mean, even just something that, um, you know, at the end of the day is probably only like $30, $40 a, a year to a person, right? It sounds doesn't sound like a lot off the top, but I mean, when you're compounding it with the fact that, um, you know, people are losing their jobs and uh, the you know the, the issue I always come up with is people who are on fixed income can't necessarily afford that thirty forty dollar increase what what sorts of stories are you hearing right now about people's ability to to pay their taxes at all well you know I think the first thing is uh, some of my friends in the business community um their income is zero right now and and they have bills right um they're, they're still, you know, even though a lot of the landlords have been really good about helping out, and of course then, you know, you have property owners and stuff like that who've got reduced income. So there's those people um, who, you know, running a business, paying bills, and now they have no income. And then uh, there's the other group uh, um, of people who are the workers, um, you know, their, their income is, um, you know, reduced as well. They've lost their jobs or you know, um, aren't, aren't bringing any income. So those are the stories I'm hearing. You know, there's a group of us that continue to work, and in my own business, I'm able to continue to work here for the next four to six weeks, um, and ho- hopefully things get back to normal sometime after that. But at some point, um, a lot of people are uh, facing constrained income. So I think that's the first thing we all have to recognize not business as usual. Mm-hmm. And and speaking of uh, sort of how, how business is being impacted, and, and as we look to see how we can come out of this, right, to, to stimulate the economy once, once we're past this, or at least start to get past this, and one of the things you mentioned here in your letter was talking about, you know, how the Chamber of Commerce is advocating for the city to be spending money on projects in order to be able to get people back to work, um, but there's also the concern, right, about when you go out and start all of these projects at once, that it is, again, going to have a significant impact on our overall taxes and our overall 2020 budget for the city. So uh, I guess, is, are you looking at kind of a balance here between those two things? Because obviously we need to start the economy, but we also need to make sure people can afford to live in it as well. Yeah, and, and so, uh, you know, my, my point is uh, on that deficit um, spending is, is good to stimulate the economy. And, of course, the, the provincial and the federal governments have that power. Unfortunately, the municipal level, we have uh, constraints on what we can do there. So, basically, you're just moving money from one side to the other, right, when you're um, stimulating mm-hmm. projects in a local area. And one thing with construction projects is, uh, you know, we've got to make sure that it's local employment and that they're providing local services and that. Otherwise, uh, you know, we might as well try and keep that money in the hands of our local businesses and I think that's the real thing we have to kind of weigh when we look at some of these projects um, you know one of the things I said in my letter was is if the city is able to leverage in most of the money from the federal and provincial levels um, then that's a good idea let's let's move those projects forward you know and and use that as a stimulus but um, you know if we're not able to do that we have to use um, city taxes or city city revenues to generate those projects then I think it's a, it's a different conversation mm-hmm. and I'm sure those are, are conversations that 
that are going to be had here. And I know council is going to be meeting next week uh, on Tuesday to have a little bit more conversation around their budget. So hopefully we get some of yeah. these questions answered and, and we'll see. Um, I'm sure I'll be talking with the, with the, the mayor following that. So we'll see where things go. But um, yeah, I mean, a lot of interesting points here. And I think we're all just sort of waiting and seeing how this whole thing is going to play out, Randy. Um, yep. I think that's about all I have for questions for you. Anything else that you want to add while I have you on the line here? No, I think that pretty well covers it, Jeff, and thank you for having me on the phone here today. Absolutely, and uh, maybe we can do this again in the future once we uh, have a bit of a clearer picture of where things are going. You bet. That was Randy Sunderman, board member with the Kamloops Voter Society. And, you know, as mentioned there just uh, a few moments ago, Kamloops City Council will be meeting next week on Tuesday to continue these types of conversations around what the city's finances are going to look like here uh, in the near future. And, of course, we have to worry about the long-term future as well. Uh, city Finance Director Kathy Humphrey has said that the city has to have property tax rates set by May 15th. So that's exactly one month here from today, so not a whole lot of time to make sure that that is uh, finalized, but it, it will work towards that date for sure. Um, so we'll see what happens on Tuesday. And I did have Merit CAO Scott Hildebrand on the program yesterday and just kind of to want to mold this in here because he was hoping to see property taxes deferred for some time. So, uh, yeah, just revisit this here briefly from uh, CAO of Merit Scott Hildebrand. We are in favor of, of pushing back our property taxes and residential utilities and making sure that those are pushed back into summer or even fall uh, to help out our residents. And, and I think a lot of municipalities just, you know, not just here in BC, not just here in Canada, but everywhere are sort of trying to come up with ways uh, to help the people of their communities be able to afford to live in said communities. And I know that's happening here in Kamloops as well. Uh, City Councilor Arjun Singh was on the NL Morning News here today with Howie Reimer, and he said that he's hoping to see some direction from senior governments as well when it comes to being able to defer those property tax payments. Um, I think local governments, you know, they, they, they um, will get to us, I think, uh, is, is how I would probably frame that up. But, I mean, nothing is certain. We're just we keep on having those discussions. And uh, from what I understand, they're very open to discussions with us. But uh, we'll see how it kind of unfolds over the next days and weeks. Yeah, so municipalities are clearly looking to take those steps to help residents, you know, not have to pay a whole bunch of money right up right now. Uh, maybe defer those payments into the into the summer, into the fall. See, see kind of where we can take things to be able to help people continue to to have a you know somewhat of a, of a healthy lifestyle right now um, and as mentioned by Scott Hildebrand as well here earlier um, you know they need to get some government direction so from direction from senior governments in order to make those kinds of decisions so yes they can like those ideas yes they can put them on the table but until they get direction to actually be allowed to do that um, you know they, they can only be nice talking points at that stage so we'll see where things go i'm sure there will be more direction coming in the not too distant future but uh, we just have to kind of wait and see what happens